Welcome to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? With your host, Louisa Barton. I want to be a famous rider. I should like to race. Presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Truth is, I help horses with people problems. Now here's the Brit on the bit, Louisa Barton! Yeah, baby! (laughs) The Larson family has been farming hay in Idaho for generations with a mission to always provide high-quality hay products at a fair and reasonable price. Larson Hay loves to meet new customers while always honoring the ones they already have. Find Larson Hay on the web at larsonhay.com, like them on Facebook, and definitely visit one of their locations. Larson Hay, Idaho's finest alfalfa, and our television broadcast sponsor. The Horse Talk Show broadcasts from the CEP's equine studios in downtown Ocala in the horse capital. Thank you for joining us at the Horse Talk Show Halloween special. We're all dressed up for you guys today. We are presented by Peterson and Smith, the Equine Hospital and Complete Care, and always our great sponsor, Larson's Farm, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Danson Pete, filling in for our great host. So I'm hosting today from Complimentary Horsemanship and I have Maria Lacoste who graciously decided to help me and she's from Midnight Rose. (laughs) I'm gonna mess it up. (laughs) Equestrian, she's a massage therapist and for humans and horses and she's a dressage rider. Yes. Good. Well, Larice, uh, Louise. Our dear Louisa Barton is currently in Kentucky having a super awesome life. And I and our super awesome uh, producer, Gigi, will be seeing her tomorrow. Woohoo! So, welcome to the show. And we're going to get started. We have our great Perina Golf, December 15th and 16th. Perana, thank you. Golf. <laughs> I wrote it twice. On the 15th and 16th, so come out and support. And then we have the Urban Cowboy Night. Hello. Uh-oh, somebody's calling in while we're talking about the Urban Cowboy Night. December 3rd starts at 4 for line dancing and 5 when the show gets started. And then we have our Dolly Parton lookalike at the same time at 6. So tickets are $75. You can request a table and come out and support us. And then the gentle carousel horses come out. Horse protection. Association of Florida. Association of Florida. Thank you. I was spirit the spirit walk. I'm reading. Okay. So come out and you'll walk with these horses to benefit. Yeah, okay, there you go. There you are, you're on speakerphone. We have Louisa jumping in right as she's laughing at me. Live from Kentucky. I'm I'm calling in to say hello and to thank you both for blessing me by filling in and being there so we can still be live. And just to remind you of a few things, like gentle carousel miniature therapy horses magic the only living top 10 most heroic animal in the history of the world was signed in as an honorary 
Ocala Police Department policeman, woman, because Magic is a female, um, this week. And I think that is so exciting. And I want to say congratulations to Magic because Magic is a USEF Hall of Fame horse who lives just on the outside of the horse capital of the world, comes into the horse capital of the world to grace us with her presence, has done so many wonderful heroic things um, from Sandy Hook Elementary to nightclub in Orlando to terrible disasters that she's been there for first responders as well as visiting 25 to 50,000 sick and dying adults and children a year to help make their last few moments on this earth more pleasurable or even just to make someone's dreams come true to touch a horse and for magic to be signed in as an honorary OPD is a really awesome thing this week so I just wanted to say congratulations um, I also wanted to tell you too that you're both awesome and your costumes are fabulous thank you Ooh, you can see us Yes, you both look absolutely marvellous. And um, I just wanted to tell you that I miss you guys. And I'm looking forward to promoting the Breeders' Cup Ocala Marion County Connections with you this week. And we'll be working really, really hard um, on on making sure we don't miss any of those connections um, to the Breeders' Cup, which is the 14 most exciting probably races of the year all in one weekend. Um, it's really the culmination of horse racing for the year, and it's like nearly $30 million in prize money, and it's a big deal. It's the best of the best, and more than half of the horses that are racing in the races are either connected or bred in Florida, trained there, or have some strong tie to the Marion County area. So we're very proud of all of those, and we'll be sharing uh, lots of exciting stuff in the next few days with everybody on that and so i just wanted to call in and say hello and tell you we're doing a fabulous job <laughs> and you, re- you and you, yeah thank you and you rescued us right at the right moment she heard the dead air and she was like <laughs> nope nope <laughs> I'm not as I'm not as good at this as you are Louisa i haven't memorized all the things i've been practicing can i can i tell you dancing pete that i've been practicing the um, TikToking people out of my life, and yeah. also um, the ice cream cone, and um, I'm getting much better at it. Good for I you. Even had the, I even had the opportunity this week to share that in a Bible study, which was um, highly well received, and one amazingly beautiful 15 year old young lady that I met this week actually came up to me and said my dad is a pastor and I'm going to tell him that he needs to use horses more often in his sermons because it all just makes sense to compare and I just uh the the types of relationships and I just thought how neat was that that you know and that I got to use something that I learned from you that I'm nowhere near as good as you at so well thank you uh, if anybody knows TikTok is a technique that I teach for horses to get them out of your space and then ice cream cone when you're walking to get them out of your space so I told Larissa, Louisa to use it for humans that are bothering her, TikTok them out of their space, or if you're trying to get somewhere, ice cream cone out of the way and keep going. Yes, and the interesting thing um, about Dancing Pete that oh, no. um, I'm very appreciative of is that 
the way he teaches you within the first few minutes, he can tell you like all the things that are issues in your personal life with two leggeds as well as four leggeds because he was absolutely spot on in our first session on um, my boundaries issues and my um, being a doormat and letting everybody walk on me rather than moving people out of my way, going around people um, instead of just um, making them go around me. And so that was a very good life lesson for me and well taken. So I'm working on on the two-leggeds and the four-leggeds. Very um, good. But I had an opportunity to use that this week in a Bible study that they asked me to host, and it was um, it was received very well, and um, I really appreciate that. So I am uh, nowhere near as good as that as you, so it's great that we get to try each other's roles sometimes and, and see that um, all these things are not always that easy. You know, you just kind of get used to doing them and you practice and you make perfect. So. Oh, yeah. If this was me having you teach my class, you'd be probably having the same fun I'm having. Woohoo, oh, get mistakes. Cool. Believe me. And do you know how many people look at me that are in TV and radio and other um, such things and they look at me and go, you don't really do it live, do you? Oh, I can, yeah. t- I can yeah. tell you. She does not read. I have a whole list of stuff on the board up here. If you guys can see this, Louisa sits there and you think she's reading off a teleprompter and she's not. She sees the thing and does it, which just told us we just got the sound that we need to wrap it up. So thanks for calling in. We love you, Louisa. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Love you too. I'm excited to watch the show tonight. You guys have fun. And oh. if you need me at the end, let me know. I'm right here. Okay, okay. thanks. Okay, so... We're going to go to Carl Keegan of Luke and Bloodstock, followed up by Steve Huskin, Hall of Fame turf rider for the Breeders' Cup. Thanks, guys. Yay, Steve Huskin. Woohoo.
This show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now or go to FeedDAC.com. DAC, it makes a world of difference. With over 70 years of collective experience in the horse industry, Lipchip was built with integrity by horsemen for horsemen. Introducing the ChipLink system, powered by Lipchip, where a 15-digit unique ID becomes a key to unlock not only identity, but also health paperwork, owner information, and even photos of each horse. So simple, even a child can do it. The future is here. The future is Lipchip. Justine Dutton, Grand Prix show jumper and previously international event rider coming to you from Notting Hill Stables in Ocala, Florida. Here at Notting Hill Stables we use Equine Therapy International PAMF ActivoMed blankets on all of our show jumpers. These help to relax muscles and promote blood flow and circulation. We use the ActivoMed blanket on a daily basis as well as at competitions. It helps us a lot at competitions, especially before they start jumping. The tense horses really like it because it just helps to relax their muscles so they feel ready and confident to go in the ring. After the horses have jumped, we like to put it on and it really helps with recovery. I would highly recommend Equine Therapy International and all their products for all your therapeutic needs. The Horse Talk Show broadcasts from the CEP's equine studios in downtown Ocala in the horse capital. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Thank you for joining us back on the Horse Talk Show in this special broadcast about the Breeders' Cup presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. I'm Louisa Barton, have my favorite guest on the phone. Love to have his handsome self here in person. And that is Hall of Fame turf writer Steve Haskin. Lovely to have you with us, Steve. It's lovely to be here, as always. He's going to tell us all about his holiday. Yes, I went on a, <laughs> uh, I went on a cruise, my first cruise with my family, my, my brother-in-law, who um, he's got a few, a few, a few pennies tucked away. He paid for everybody. Nice. So I was there with my daughter and my wife and my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law. And we, we went on a cruise up to Eastern Canada, to Bar Harbor, Maine. Beautiful. Uh, to uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia, to Sydney, Nova mm. Scotia, to Prince Edward Island, to see the uh, see Green Gables, if you're an of Green Gables fan. Mm. Quebec. Mm-hmm. Flew back from there. And speaking of hurricanes, which we were before we came on, it was actually uh, right before your hurricane, it was a monster hurricane that actually missed the United States and actually hit every place we went to 18 hours before we were there. Excuse me, 18 hours after we were there. Oh my goodness. All, all the places we went to, Sydney, Nova Scotia, and Prince Edward Island were like devastated. No. And we were there. It was Everything was just beautiful and just rolling hills and beautiful bays. And it was just gorgeous weather, absolutely gorgeous. And 18 hours later, 
Prince Edward Island, like every every single person on Prince Edward Island lost power. My and gosh. homes were devastated, and Sydney, and I, and I, and we missed. First of all, whoever hears of hurricanes up in in Nova Scotia? Wow. I mean, that's like unheard of. But we, uh, <laughs> we, uh, thank goodness, we, uh, we, we missed that. It Otherwise, came through chasing Steve Haskin. Yes. Oh my goodness. How awful. Yes. Well, we've certainly seen a lot of uh, devastation like that in South Florida. And uh, outreach has been huge to the horse community as well, just to try to help everybody. So just a a tough, tough time. So let's talk a bit about the classic, or at least the pre-entries, because we're recording this prior to those final entries. So, um, but we'll have to catch Steve again before the uh, before the big race weekend. But we're actually taping it before the pre-entries. That's right. That's 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 early. That's because. We like to get a bit of your wisdom early on before we, you know, so so going in, we feel wise. Uh, I, I love giving my wisdom about something that I know nothing about. Oh, you always know everything. You're our go-to. And look, who doesn't love Flightline? That's a good question. Uh, I don't know of anybody who doesn't love Flightline. Um, you know, I wrote, a, I wrote a column after my Flightline column about life is good. I, you know, the whole column is, does life is good have any shot at all of beating a flight line you know and i went through a whole scenario of what they would have to do to even have a shot of trying to do it mm-hmm. but it's uh, you know life is good is the only horse that's really as fast as him but if you look at if you look at the thoroughbred numbers if you want to know the separation mm-hmm. um in their last race i'm not even going to go by life is good's fastest uh thoroughbred number because it was at seven furlongs going a mile and an eighth if you look at all the horses in the classic they're running negative two negative two and a half negative one negative one negative one and three quarters that's basically you know it's okay um fight lines last race was a negative eight and a half which is the fastest thoroughbred number ever given out wow gosh so so that's uh that's how much faster he is and you know, all he has to do is just run his race. My main thing that I was talking about with life is good is that if he's going to have one strategy, it's going to have to be to make sure that he looks flight line in the eye and make him run. Now, the thing about flight line is that he's never, ever been tested in the last quarter of a mile. Because he's he's already has his field completely put away. Right. You know, he turns into the stretch every race, with, you know, with a five, six, seven length lead, and then just coasts home, totally under wraps. You know, being eased up, so he doesn't know what. It, even if you if you look at his Brisnet speed figures, is you know they have the early close the early figures, mm-hmm. um, the middle race figures, and the closing late closing. Mm-hmm. His late closing figures are, are really not that great. They're in the 90s. Well, a lot of the horses are, you know, 104s, 105s. But the reason it is because he's he's, he's galloping the last day mm-hmm. of a mile. That's uh, true. So, so the main thing with horses, horses' life is good, who obviously is the main threat. He has to make sure he's going head in head with with flight line. When they hit the quarter pole, mm-hmm. be there, and then and then try and make flight line do something he's never done before, 
which is actually be tested and be asked to run mm-hmm. in the last quarter of a mile. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying life is good is going to beat them. I'm just showing a way that they would have to plot their strategy in, you know, in an attempt to beat them. A lot of people now are really liking, you know, Epicenter. Mm-hmm. This race in the Travers was so impressive. It was fast time. But again, if you're a thoroughgraph number, his fastest number was, was in the Travers. We ran a negative one. So he's not even, he's, he's like, his last number is like one of the slowest of the uh, Breeders' Cup horses, mm. the, the classic horses. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, he's been impressive visually, and his race in the Travers, like I said, was excellent time. But, you know, we just don't. My main thing with Flightline is that you can't compare him. You know, people saying, oh, my God, he's next secretary. You know, he's next man of war, next this. You can't compare him to any horse in history because no one has done what he's done in in his first five starts. No. And to give you uh, just an example, um, life is good who's won, you know, a bunch of races, you know, by fairly decent margins. You know, last couple weren't that big. But he's won his, um, he's won his last, his five starts, five uh, stakes races, uh, by a total of 17 and a quarter lengths. Flightline has won his five races by a total of 64 and a half. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, he's a he's a pretty exciting horse. We just don't know what to expect. I mean, he could win this race by twenty lengths, you know, but uh, we don't know. Now, the long range forecast, by the way, is calling for rain, so that that might help other horses who actually love to slop it. Yes, he doesn't, but he's certainly bred for it. Yes, but as we know, the forecast is almost always wrong, anyway. So. <laughs> it's the one job you can get wrong every day and keep. <laughs> Exactly. You so, know, it, you know, listen, I've covered enough derbies and Breeders' Cups in, uh, at Churchill Downs to know that you do not go by weather forecast. No, you don't. I know. And I've been at I've been at uh, Churchill and at Keeneland in some in some big storms that weren't necessarily predicted that day or at least not that time. So you never know what might happen. But you're right. If uh, if one of those horses wants to get an upper hand, perhaps it would be. Um, a slop that would uh, that would help. Are we really at that time already, Steve? I can't believe it, but the horse just winnied. So um, that is the end of this you segment. Know, you, you have a horse in your studio to tell you when it's time. To... I do. Otherwise, I never know when to be quiet. Oh. <laughs> I wonder why you started off by saying "Hey." Hey. Yes. So next week, I'm going to find you. We're actually going to finally cross paths oh, and have a. I, I better stop. You should. Hall of Famer Steve Haskin giving us his insight into the Breeders' Cup Classic. We'll get more from him next week. Thank you, Steve. Take care. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. We'll be right back on the Horse Talk Show. To our presenting sponsor, Peterson Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care, and our broadcast sponsor, Larson Farms. Also, thank you to supporting sponsors, DAC Vitamins and Minerals, Seminole Feed Stores, Piranha, TT Distributors and Midnight Rose Equestrian. 
This show is brought to you in part by Seminole Feed Stores, family-owned since 1934. Manufacturing fixed-formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring and quality ingredients right here in Ocala in an all-natural, non-medicated feed mill. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best and safest feed. Like them on Facebook now or find them at SeminoleFeed.com. tired of the rigours of keeping your horse's water troughs clean and free of algae, you need the Drinking Post Waterer, an automatic waterer for horses, livestock and cattle, field tested for over 40 years. The Drinking Post Waterer is the gold standard of non-electric automatic waterers. Check them out on Facebook or find them on the web at dpwaterer.com. show broadcasts from the CEP's equine studios in downtown Ocala in the horse capital. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show and Equus Television here at Luke and Bloodstock uh, with Carl Keegan. And I've um, got a few questions for him about thoroughbred training going to ask him a little bit about his background. Uh, he was actually a rider himself until 2006 and uh, kind of get a little perspective from riding uh, to training 
uh, from Carl Keegan here. Carl, thank you for being with us. Tell us a little bit about growing up in Ireland when you first rode, uh, when you first raced, and, and a little bit of your background as a rider. So I got into racing. You know, my dad was a, a jockey, rode very, not a whole lot of races, but when he was really, really young. And we'd go visit my grandmother um, in another town and we'd cycle over every Saturday morning and we'd go over and watch horses train before we'd head to my grandmother's every Saturday. And just the, the thunder of them horses coming by every morning just stayed with me and always wanted to, to work with horses. And one of my dad's best friends, um, Norman Cassidy, he'd be very influential on me. I see Norman every time I go home. Um, he was my first job in racing during the summer. I go down and help out and start riding some horses with Norman. And then it led to a little stint on the Cora with uh, Desi Hughes. And then from there, I'd applied for some jobs over in England and stopped off in, in Newmarket and ended up staying with uh, John Gosden for, for a year or two. And from there, went to Henry Cecil and ended up coming over uh, to the United States in 92 with Booker Moak Farm. And we do New York, Florida. And uh, I ended up staying in New York, working for New York Racing Association as a valet in the jocks room, galloping horses in the morning for a lot of the big trainers up there for years. And uh, moved in 2006, moved to, to Ocala after 15 years in the jocks room and um, moved to Ocala, assist, became assistant manager on a nice farm down here. Then went and ran another farm for a couple from Chicago for four or five years and decided during COVID of all times to go out and branch out on my own and form Luke and Bloodstock, which I've always dreamt about doing. And here we are today. So as a uh, as a jockey, some famous horses that you got a chance to ride? I wasn't a jockey, exercise rider, but I've been on many nice horses um, for, you know, Bobby Frankel and Neil Drysdale, um, some John Kimmel, you know, all these New York trainers. Um, I'd say, you know, one horse that I that, that sticks in my mind was 10 Most Wanted. He was a lovely big horse. And he finished second or third to Empire Maker in the in the Belmont Stakes. And we changed the equipment on him, put the blinkers on him, and he ended up coming back and winning winning the Travers that year. So um, but been on very, very nice horses over the years. How has being an exercise rider affected your training perspective of starting horses yourself? Does that, I'm sure, makes a difference when, you've, when you're familiar with riding them from that perspective and then kind of taking over at that as a trainer? The one thing that sticks to me the most is, you know, when I was riding, you know, when you're riding for some big outfits, you take your time with horses. But when you are trying to make a living and get on as many horses as you can. They're paying you from 10 to $15 a head. You're just getting in and out as many times as you can. And you don't think about, you know, what this horse has gone through. If he's had surgery, the patience that it's taken the owners to get to that, to that stage. And now being on the other side of it, now I'm down feeling legs, putting bandages on myself. And I know the patience it requires to get that horse through the training, through the, First of all, you know, post-surgery and all the rehab that comes from that and then the light training to build them back up, get the fitness and then back off to the racetrack. It takes a lot and these owners spend a lot of money doing that. So now I've got a, an owning horses myself. Now I've got a different perspective on what it used to be when I was at the racetrack. They were just $10, $15 to me back then. 
now they're horses that people have invested a lot of money in. So that's one big thing for me and, and just learning how to be patient with horses. So important, I think. I think that's really key to success is you mentioned something in a different interview about how, you know, you've learned something about these much bigger horses. Sometimes you've got to go a little bit slower and, and actually that's better for them. So it's 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 definitely a learning curve and every horse is an individual. So I think having that attitude and being patient so important. When it comes to training methods, um, when you start them, um, talk to us a little bit about how and how you start them and how and that how that process works and and how you keep your horses happy clearly they they are we've been around the barn so share with us a little bit about that well like you said they are all individuals but uh, when you start training these horses i'm lucky to have eight to ten riders here so it is a herd mentality for horses so just try and keep them in groups and they'll just learn off each other put two in front one day, two behind the next day, and just revolve around and just see, uh, just start building up their confidence. Um, and that goes from the round pen to the paddocks and then out to the racetrack. So you're just building that up slowly. And then they'll start separating themselves. You'll see different idiosyncrasies with each horse, you know, as they're developing and one horse might want to be forward, one you're looking a little gangly, might need to back off, bigger frame type horses. So you're just separating them over the first few months. And then if you think, that one's gone through a little bit of a growth spurt, just kick them out in the field, out in the paddock there, and just get their heads down for four to six weeks and just let them develop mentally and physically. Um, the two-year-olds that want to be early, they tout themselves. They're up on the bit, wanting to learn, eager. They're just getting after it every time. So they'll just tell you as you move along who wants to go forward and who you've got to back off on. Now, In the racing world, there are groups, uh, you know, kind of surrounding the racing world that are always trying to prod, poke, the finger and and criticize i Gigi and i have been around so many training barns thoroughbred training barns in the last uh, me 10 years and Gigi a couple years and i have never seen honestly better care uh, kinder care resistance free training just really working with the horse to make it comfortable uh, thick beds in the stalls wonderful hay toys uh, all those great things baby organic peeled carrots um Tell us a little bit about the way that you look at your horses, like how how much you care for them and your team here and your riders, how they work with them to keep them as happy as possible. Well, my riders, I, for the most part, want riders that are in around 120 pounds. I like them. Most of them are ex-jocks. Um, and Lindy, uh, my assistant here, she's probably 100 pounds wet through and she could hold any horse that I have here. I trust her with everything. She's the first one to get on all these horses. She backs them. Everyone, when we're done in the round pen from driving, she's the first one to put her, throw her legs across each horse here. And until she's happy with them, we'll move them on to the other riders. And that's a trust level that we've built over the years. But, you know, I'm a stickler on weight. I'm walking down every single day down the shed row, looking at these horses' condition. And I use it what I believe is a very good product, Purina. It's an Omeline 200. And then the race ready when we get up into into heavier work, but I feel like I can adjust a horse's feed program within two weeks to three weeks. And I can see a difference that I want by adding a half a scoop or a scoop, whatever. Um, so I'm a stickler on that. And then just keeping horses happy coming into, to a nice couple of flakes of hay roughed up in the corner or a hay net for a horse that might be light and then fresh, clean water every day, a nice bed. And if it's cold out, just keep warm blankets on. It's just, it's very simple just to you take care of the horse, the horse will take care of you. That's so true. Absolutely. 
anything you'd like to add? You obviously have a fantastic team here, great success. You had a lot of experience yourself, first of all, as a rider, then working for other farms, going out very bravely on your own uh, during COVID. Uh, just well done. Well done, Carl. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Appreciate just coming out. Carl for a long time. Very proud of him. Doing great things here at Luke and Bloodstock in the horse capital of the world. Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show. Current equine microchips can migrate by up to 30%, causing difficulty when scanning. With over 70 years of collective horse industry experience, Lipchip offers a new, more effective method of microchipping, partnering with veterinarians and technology experts to ensure humane and practical microchipping. Lipchip was built by horsemen for horsemen. Nowadays, the performance horse industry is in need of both integrity and transparency. Lipchip is the future of horse microchipping, with cutting-edge technology functional for every discipline. Find Lipchip on social media and for more information, lipchipllc.com. The future is here. The future is Lipchip. This show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now or go to feeddac.com. DAC. It makes a world of difference. World-class equine rehab promoting faster recovery is available at the Equine Performance Center Ocala. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy and underwater treadmill, a saltwater spa, an aquapacer, magnawave, a vibration plate, swimming pool, massage and laser therapies. With post-surgical care, memberships, packages and BOGOs, EPC delivers a rejuvenated horse through proven and innovative rehab. Like Equine Performance Center now on Facebook and find them on the web at epcrehab.com. family has been farming hay in Idaho for generations with a mission to always provide high quality hay products at a fair and reasonable price. Larson Hay loves to meet new customers while always honoring the ones they already have. Find Larson Hay on the web at larsonhay.com, like them on Facebook and definitely visit one of their locations. Larson Hay, Idaho's finest alfalfa, and our television broadcast sponsor. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this. With your host, Louisa Barton. What does it feel like to be in love with a horse? Presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Back in the saddle again. Now, here's your pretty, pretty Louisa Barton. 
fab. You're switched on. You're a bit of all right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. The Horse Talk Show broadcasts from the CEP's equine studios in downtown Ocala in the horse capital. We're back. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Also, we want to thank Larson's Hay, Idaho's finest, Alfalfa. We're here, Dancing Pete Rhoda, your host, my co-host, the lovely Maria Lacoste. And our special guest, a really good friend of mine that I've known for years, Janice Dulac from Pilates for Dressage. Well, Janice, thanks for coming. I'm happy to be here, Pete. It's great to see you all dressed up. I yes. usually don't see you in such nice clothes. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> You're usually handling my wild and crazy horses. Yes, ma'am. So tell us a little bit of your background. How did you get into horses and where did you come from? What were you doing when you started? Well, I was a um, horse crazy kid, by the way, but um, I grew up in Southern California and only the rich kids had horses. So um, I ended up dancing. I started dancing in high school and um, I was just needed to move and I wasn't real competitive. So I didn't like sports. That's you. That is me. You look fabulous. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, that was uh, me at, in Northern Lights Dance Theater in Canada, a duet I performed with Hugh Murphy. I just love that. I love duets. I mean, that was the thing. As a professional dancer, I love duets. So horses kind of uh, make sense because right. we're just partners. So anyways, I was this horse crazy kid, but I danced. And um, I was living in um, France at, the, um, at one moment, and I didn't have any dance work. And so I thought, well, I've always wanted to ride horses. So I enrolled myself in this um, academy, this riding academy, and I spoke no French, <laughs> no English. So I'd go up to the horse and I'd say, um, hey, hi, Janice, I'm American. I don't speak, but you know, I don't know what is, it's whoa, I say whoa, stop. <laughs> I didn't know anything, anyway. So, we, um, so I learned how to ride in France, but luckily there were group classes. So all I had to do was kind of look around and figure right. out, you know, what they're doing and try to do it. But it was all in French. And actually, I have a funny story. Um, I went five days a week because I was just crazy about horses. And um, they said I could come in another day. So I came and uh, we were all out in this arena with jumps. And everybody was trotting around and everybody was cantering around. So I just, you know, do what everybody else would do. And um, then Commandant Mazoy mm. came in <laughs> and he lined us up. There was like five of us and he starts talking. And I'm like, I take it he was talking in French. And I'm like, I don't know what he's talking about, but I'll figure it out. And then pretty soon the first rider went and jumped five jumps. Oh, God. Right? And then he talked to them and they came back. And then the next rider went and did five jumps. And then they, and I start to get the picture. Well, I'm a dancer, so I can, I can uh, do a pattern. Pattern, yeah. yeah. But never jumped in my life. And so it was like, 
Alay, madame, c'est à vous, madame, allez. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and they were like two feet tall. It wasn't like the little crossings. Right. Too, but for me, it was like dancing. You, you know, you, as a dancer, you go, yeah, da, 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 da. And the guy picks you up and then they put you down and you go, yeah, da, da, da. And so that's what it was. It felt, it was great. Anyways, I was in love with horses. And, um, and then I had to go to Canada. I had a performance there. And I hadn't danced for three months. I had only <laughs> done horses. Now I'd stretch at night. So um, I got to the company class in Canada and I took class and everybody ran up to me and said, where have you been studying? Oh my gosh, your dancing is so amazing. <laughs> and they're like, at the barn? <laughs> Les equine uh, dance studio? <laughs> yeah, so the crazy thing was um, I had decided that I needed horses in my life somehow. And... Um, I don't know how, but then my dancing career took off. Mm. And you know why it took off? Because I didn't care anymore. Oh. Right? I didn't have this grasp on, I have to dance, I have to dance. And if I, and so all of a sudden I was so much easier about my dancing in that are, picture. Are you all listening to this, you horse people that are show? Yeah, so <laughs> let it go. Let it go. <laughs> yeah. So actually that, that picture that you saw me upside down with my partner, Hugh. Right there. Um, right there, yeah. That was... um Right after I, I was doing the, all the horse stuff. So I danced for quite a while, went to San Francisco and danced, and then ended up um, teaching at Stevens College in Columbia, Missouri. And I had a friend who actually her um, father raised racehorses. Mm -hmm. And um, she called me one day and says, you know, I know you love horses. My, my daddy... <laughs> needs a horse uh he wants to give away this horse and this horse is bred right here in ocala wow at mayfair yeah, local yeah she raced down at um gulfstream i guess and actually the the um the owner the breeder was jim raftree and some of you uh, people might know him he was the uh, he did all the um winner's circles at gulfstream and mm. what what's the other one down there gulfstream <laughs> and you're talking to the wrong two okay, people. Anyway. <laughs> Louisa would go, oh, I know him. Yeah, there's another racetrack down there. And she's actually buried at the finish line. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. because he was a, he was a real um, famous kind of you know, guy. Around. So how did you get into Pilates? So, um, so at, before I got into horses then, so I was dancing in a company in San Francisco, and I did the thing where in rehearsal you go and you go, ah, ah, Ouch. Right, and there goes my knee, right? So mm -hmm. they sent me, this was... A while ago? 1989. Okay, a long time ago. You weren't even born then. I was two. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm a little older than her. And yeah. But anyways, um, so I went and I saw the orthopedic surgeon there, and she said, you ripped your meniscus. Ouch. Now, we were going to go on a tour to Europe, and so she said, you can do two things. You could have surgery or you could rehab. And I'm like, I'm going to rehab because I knew if I had surgery, I'd be out of the tour. And who doesn't want to go to Europe mm -hmm. and dance on the stages in Europe? So um, she sent me. This was at um, St. Francis Hospital in San Francisco. And they had sports medicine and they had dance medicine. And I walked into the dance medicine place and they had all these weird contraptions Things I had never seen. It looked like a torture chamber. <laughs> I actually have one now at my farm here, <laughs> if you're interested. But anyways, and within a week, I was back to my ballet class, and I went on tour, and I danced, and um, I just didn't have any pain. And also, I had been seeing a chiropractor three days a week, 
and would get massages. Um, and after about a year of doing Pilates, I fired my chiropractor and didn't have back pain. I had back pain since I was 16 years old. Wow. So that led me to Romana Krasinowska, who is the heir to Joseph Pilates, started Joseph Pilates, started Pilates. He didn't call it Pilates. He called it Contrology, the art of control. Mm. And, um, but then it got known as Pilates. And then my teacher, Romana, who also was a dancer, uh, hurt her ankle, went to see Joe, and became um, his uh, protege, and Romana was my teacher. Wow. So from San Francisco, I'm like, <laughs> before the internet, I had to go to the San Francisco library to the card catalog and look up, and I looked up everything on Pilates because I was so astounded at what it could do that I, um, I would just want to read about it, and it led me to Romana in New York City. So I went there and trained with her, and I was, um, I've been doing Pilates now for 30 years. Wow. Yeah. That's so just that's like ca- <laughs> kind of where it all started. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, that's great. So stay with us. We're going to come back with Janice and talk a little bit more about Pilates with the Dressage. And we'll see you in a few minutes. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Palm Chevrolet, and broadcast sponsor, Larson Farms. Also, thank you to supporting sponsors, Equine Therapy International, Nirvana Medical Spa, the Equine Performance and Innovative Center, Summit Joint Performance, and Equigreen. This hour of the Horse Talk Show is presented by Palm Chevrolet in Ocala, where the entire team is committed to making your experience in sales and service hassle-free and easier than ever with no games or gimmicks. Come in and visit on Southwest College Road or online at palmchevrolet.com. A second-to-none experience with all the amenities. Palm Chevy, find new roads. Nirvana, Ocala's premier medical spa, is leading the way in great skin with all the newest in treatment options, offering prejuvenation for younger clients and rejuvenation for all ages. Nirvana knows you want to look your very best, but we've all seen people with the telltale signs of too much work. We want you to look like you, just better, brighter and younger, with all the newest and best in technology and all in the most beautiful surroundings. Like Nirvana Medical Spa on Facebook and find them on the web at nirvanamedicalspa.com. Become a better, brighter and younger you. Piranha, your trusted leader in insect control for 50 years. The official fly spray for World Equestrian Center. From the strongest water-based equine spray in the blue bottle to the familiar and longtime favorite in the yellow bottle. Wipe and spray, we've got you covered. If you're looking for effective plant-based fly spray, then look for our zero bite in the green bottle. Check us out online at piranhainc.com. That's P-Y-R-A-N-H-A, piranhainc.com, to learn more about Piranha's entire family of products. Piranha, it works. My name is Dr. Natalie Solomon. I formulated Equigreen with cutting-edge science and technology alongside the passion that is represented by a lifelong love of horses. I created a product that I would trust for my horses because they deserve nothing but the best for their bodies. Horses rely on us to take care of them, to love them, to respect them. This is how Equigreen came to life. Equigreen, CBD for your horse that you can trust. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. 
And we're back on the Horse Talk Show. We're talking with Janice. Even behind the scenes, we're telling stories and finding out more about Janice. So let's talk again and get a little more in-depth on clinics and things. That How can we find out about you or figure out what you've learned and can teach? Well, one of the things that um, I probably should say, well, how did I connect you know, a, a Pilates to the horse. So when I was, um, so it all kind of happened at the same time. So I was teaching at Stevens College in Columbia, Missouri as training dancers. I had this horse, a thoroughbred from off, mare from off the track. <laughs> <laughs> okay, which was my first horse. Was she chestnut too? Uh, no, she wasn't. Thank okay. goodness she wasn't. There chestnut. is no such thing as a red-headed horse. Yeah. I've never heard that until like five years ago. Yeah, so anyways, um, so what happened was um, I had done, I think I had done dressage in France. I have no idea. We were, we do these things and I don't know. I did jump, right? We I did mm-hmm. learn how, I told you jump. So I wanted to jump. I thought it was fun. It was like dancing to me. Well, this thoroughbred mare, even after two and a half years, um, my seat teacher looked at me and says, have you ever thought about dressage? <laughs> the horse did not want to jump. She mm-hmm. just, even with with anybody on her, it didn't matter. She's like, no. So I'm like, draw what? I don't know what that is. So I, you know, I got a book and I'm looking. Anyways, long and short, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't, you know. Well, my first clinic, I told my t- told the clinician that, oh, yeah, I know shoulder in because you put the feet here and then you put the feet here and then you do this for the half pass. My horse wasn't on the bit, wasn't through, it was crazy. So I yeah. obviously knew nothing. And then what happened was, um, you know, we kind of got through training level, intro training, and now uh, first uh, level and um, I couldn't sit the trot. Mm. And I couldn't sit the trot and people would, would, would say things like, you know, well, you just have, don't have harmony yet. And I'm mm. like, I know that. <laughs> I, I can feel know. that thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Could you tell me how to get harmony? And they couldn't. And so after, like, I'm not kidding, five years in first level trying to get to second level. Relatable. Yep. I just went, <laughs> well, wait a sec. Because I just thought, I am just must be stupid. And then I thought, wait a second. I'm a dancer, and I can do anything with my body. Oh, I love this story because mm-hmm. this is about right? somebody telling you you didn't know how to use your body. Right. So... <laughs> I'm like, phooey, I'm just going to go ask my horse what I'm supposed to do. So I'd get on my mare, and bless her heart, and she, she's she's the reason for Pilates for Dressage. This was um, published in 2006. I what was, was her a, name? Super Hoofer? Super Hoofer. So I got on Super Hoofer, a.k.a. India, and I just set my body in a place, and and, and she'd like hoof down. And I go, I set my body in another place, she go hoof down. And finally, within one week, one week, I was sitting the trot, and then within two weeks, we were doing flying changes. Because wow. I was using my Pilates, like, okay, I can do this, I can do this, I can do that. These subtle little movements, I'm like... Is that all you need to do to sit the trot? This is so easy. So I, I, <laughs> I contacted, um, it was Half Halt Press at the time, and I said, there was a book on yoga and equestrians. And I said, I think we need one on Pilates. So I got a book contract. This was 2006, and I've been going crazy, cr- uh, creating and developing Pilates for dressage. I even have, now I have you know, book 
book DVD. I have a six month online writer training program. Oh, also. Wow. Nice. And the book is great. Like I saw like the anatomical pictures and like why you want to activate different muscles in order to help your writing. Right. Because you're not stupid. Yeah. Your hip flexors are tight. That's right. the most, you know, or you're, you don't understand how to use your core. People say stick your stomach out and that doesn't actually work. It hurts your, Mm-mm. hurts your back or, um, and your hips don't move, blah, blah, blah. When you can identify that, you can start to change it with exercises specific exercises right not just go to the gym and work out and get in shape it's because i was a dancer i was certainly in shape i still couldn't ride a horse well and i can tell you from my own experience with janice is when i finally went i've got to get better at my riding and i said janice can you take me on and she said yeah can you come and spend a month with me do you have the um do we have the picture of pete because pete came and I love this um, before and after. So this was Pete before on the left side. And you can see how he was very much in this cowboy slung under slouch. And after literally a month of Pilates in the studio and Pilates on the horse. And he, stretching me with two people oh, yeah. <laughs> and trying to pull me apart. It took, you know, we call it Pilates forehands. We mm. need two people to kind of pull him apart. To His hips wouldn't move at all. They were so stuck. We'll demo this one day. It'll Can you see the difference in the leg length on there? How his knee is so forward because his hip was so tight. And now you can see in the second picture how his leg goes down where it should be below his hip, below his pelvis because his hip opened. And that took 30 days. And we actually, most of the time in the studio, he had an hour, sometimes two hours lessons, depending. And then um, in the uh, arena, we walked. We mostly walked. And that's how we got him to understand how to work biomechanically. Um, so that he could ride his horse. And this is my, yeah, this is my horse river. When we started doing this, she was just like, you could just tell she was looking back at me like, you finally are with me. Like you're moving, (laughs) like you're not just sitting there and you're not tight. So it was really, and I've gotten better from this because now I'm more conscious when I ride because Janice gets you to think about pieces of your body because You know, as trainers, we try to tell the people we're teaching, okay, move this leg, do this, where Janice goes, you can't do that. You have to move this and you have, and this has to be connected. And you're just like, oh, you know, have to know anatomy, don't you? And she's like, yeah, duh. (laughs) You need a little bit of just not a a lot, but you need a little bit so you can start to to target what's what's your problem. Here's another before and after picture. This is a very high level rider. She's up in Pennsylvania. She took a clinic with me. Um, she rides Frisians and she'll ride up to the Grand Prix level. And that's on the left how she was sitting when I met her. And after one lesson, one clinic there, which in the, my clinics I will do um, mat work in the morning, then we put people on horses. And, and I just reminded her, remember that exercise where you lifted your lower abdominals and you felt your belly button going to your backbone? So all of us, so she could, so she learned it on the ground and then she put it on the horse. And you can see she's even smiling because she's like, oh my gosh, my back feels better because she also had some back pain, but we'll talk about that in a minute. But this is sort of what I do. Um, you know, in um, Europe, you, you get a seat. 
right before you ride in the united states we think because we have a body we can ride and i'm like oh because you have a body do you think you can do ballet <laughs> not. Not so that much. would be no <laughs> so um i basically teach people how to get a seat and pretty much everybody needs to strengthen their core stretch their back learn how to open and close their hips get them mobile isn't that what we're supposed to do with the horse too well, kind of, yeah, right? I mean, think about it. Like, um, it, Pilates is dressage for people. Yeah, because if you're ever in the studio or get a mat class with Janice, you'll sit there and she'll ask you to do something that's very minute. You're barely doing anything and you're going, oh my gosh, okay, okay. And she'll go, hold it for two more. And you're like, okay, that's two seconds, stop. And, she, and then she gets talking about somebody not doing it right. And you're like, let go of me. And she goes, now you know how yours feels. Right, because exactly it's the same thing. You do little things, and then once they do it, you let them go. All right, well, that's the sound again. We need to take a break and thank all our sponsors, and we're going to be back again with Janice, and we're going to learn a little more. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Palm Chevrolet, and broadcast sponsor, Larson Farms. Also, thank you to supporting sponsors, Equine Therapy International, Nirvana Medical Spa, the Equine Performance and Innovative Center, Summit Joint Performance, and Equigreen. Hi, I'm Alan Davies with Equine Therapy International. Today, we're at Engineered Equine Performance, celebrating the new saltwater chilled treadmill. This particular chilled equine saltwater treadmill is a game changer. As you can see, the finest materials are used, the filtration system, coarse, fine filtration, no chemicals. We use UV, ozone, combination of filtration to keep the highest water chemistry standards. Being a saltwater unit, only the finest stainless steel and materials are used. That's important when it comes to longevity and cost of service over the life of the unit. This unit also has integrated massage jets with fine bubbles and coarse air bubbles for the therapy. The control system on this is Siemens industrial grade, top of the line technology, straight from Germany, but also serviceable here in the US. World-class equine rehab promoting faster recovery is available at the Equine Performance Center Ocala. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy and underwater treadmill, a saltwater spa, an aquapacer, magna wave, a vibration plate, swimming pool, massage, and laser therapies. With post-surgical care, memberships, packages, and BOGOs, EPC delivers a rejuvenated horse through proven and innovative rehab. Like Equine Performance Center now on Facebook and find them on the web at epcrehab.com. This show was brought to you in part by TT Distributors, dedicated to bringing their customers the largest selection of quality horse supplements, products, and farrier supplies in Florida at affordable prices. Also online at ttdistributors.com. This show is brought to you in part by Summit Joint Performance, promoting a healthy, thick synovial fluid, decreasing inflammation in the joints and improving the cushioning properties of the cartilage pads. All age horses can benefit from Summit Joint Performance. Maria Lacasse of Midnight Rose Equestrian's background is in natural horsemanship and dressage principles with a main focus on maintaining a balance of communication and correct biomechanics between horse and rider. Come to her farm or she'll come to yours. Allow Maria to help you and your horse to unwind and balance to increase performance 
so that you can both be the best you can be together to build a lifelong partnership of success. Maria Lacasse of Midnight Rose Equestrian is a graduate of the Equine Natural Movement School for Equine Structural Integration and a Florida School of Massage graduate. Find Midnight Rose Equestrian on social media and on the web at midnightroseequestrian.com and book your massage for your horse and you right away. The Horse Talk Show broadcasts from the CEP's equine studios in downtown Ocala in the horse capital. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Welcome back. We're back talking with Janice Dulac, Dancing Pete Rhoda, and Maria Lacoste, and Janice. So, let's talk about little things that maybe you can give some visuals for us to do at home. And then let's get into, you know, if we're not feeling so great, because I know equestrians, we get hurt. Yeah. So. Yeah, I want to see this back back x-ray oh <laughs> so um i uh, i had an accidental meeting with the ground um in march or april and um my pelvis hurt and but the doctors took a picture of my spine not my pelvis but anyways so i got this picture of my spine and i'm like oh that's so cool because um i know i've had you know, well i know i have degenerative discs i have um Arthritis, I have obviously, you know, bone on bone, bone spurs. Look at those bone spurs, they're crazy. And then on top of that, scoliosis, I have stenosis in my neck. Um, and so this is my spine. And you'd think, well, just shoot her up with steroids, put her out to pasture. She's not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, no more riding. No more riding. She's done. And um, I don't have pain. I don't have back pain, and I ride with a spine like that. And I've ridden, I have my bronze, USDF bronze medal. Very nice. And I've had my fourth level scores. I lost my horse when we were going to BSG, but anyways. So what I really, do, a lot of times that I do, because I don't just teach exercise, I teach the body. You know, the, the a lot of times people just teach exercise. I don't think equestrians need to exercise. My gosh, if you are tacking up a horse and grooming and washing them and riding them, you don't need exercise. You need ways to um, to fix your body and uh, you need ways to carry your body because it's the muscles that carry the bones, right? So you could look at that picture of my spine and go, oh my gosh, well, if I didn't do Pilates, I would be crippled. So there's this one, um, there's this one thing that, well, just as in dressage, uh, we talk about self-carriage. Um, and this is a um, photo, actually, of my mat class at WEC. I did, I did, I've been doing a mat class, a rider mat class, um, 10 weeks, January through March. Um, I'm not sure where it's going to be this year. But, um, but we, learn, uh, we learn all these things so that we can be better riders for our horses. And we learn how to get self-carriage. You know, we talk about self-carriage in horses when, when you're doing dressage. That's but a hard exercise um, right there. Yeah, that's uh, that's simulating actually the posting trot, what you have to do to post the trot there. Um, but ev and so every exercise I do, I relate to what you're doing on the horse or what the horse is doing. Yeah. That's the other thing is, is 
when you start understand what the horse is trying to do and you're flouncing around on their back and you weigh maybe even 125 pounds or maybe even 100 pounds and your rear end leaves the saddle and, right. you, and you go whack, 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 that's 100 pounds compressing your horse's spine. And, you know, I certainly weigh more than that. But um, to learn how to carry yourself and how to carry your skeleton, there's this um, uh, great, and this is, again, uh, some pictures of me teaching clinics um, it, and teaching riders how to have that seat. Um, but there's a, there's a fun little thing that I'd like to do with um, Maria here. So uh, <laughs> you're gonna- Yay, Maria! But you don't, you actually just have to be my, um, you have to just, you just have to hold your arm out. So I want you to hold your arm out and I'm going to put my hand, you're tall. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm just gonna put my hand here and I want you to see how, feel how much I weigh, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to engage my abdominals and my seat. Do you feel, well, how much do I weigh now? Much lighter. Yeah. So now if I just sit on a horse like I'm sitting on a mm -hmm. couch, you feel that? Yeah. And most of us ride like that. We're just like we're sitting on a couch. Right. And if I would do that at the ballet bar, I never would have gotten a job. <laughs> right? So I learn how to pick myself up with my abdominals and you see how much lighter I am? Right. And so it's just only fair. All right, do you do that to me though? Okay, so just relax everything. Oh my goodness. All right, now pull your stomach in. Higher, more, more, more. There you go. Did you feel how light you yeah. got? And then I felt how it like changed the angle of my pelvis. Correct, right? Now drop it. Oh, poor horse. <laughs> that, was one of, that was one of the main things that it, like somebody told me once in like my dressage career is like how can you expect your horse to work in self-carriage if you're not right and I was like oh yeah no I guess I can't just now so heavy. do that again yeah more more there you go right so you just so I was never uh, thank you I was never the 80 pound dancer <laughs> and so you know the 80 but the men would love to pick me up because the 80 pound dancer would go pick me up and they were basically dead weight and I knew I had to hold myself together so it's actually like that I was lighter so men always love to uh, partner with me because I knew how to self-carriage I brought that I started to understand with Pilates you do this and then you're you're self-carrying and now the horse is not carrying dead weight right so um and plus you felt your back lengthen right yeah yeah so most of us have bad backs right you have back pain Oh yeah, yeah. No, you saw my spine. Yeah, I don't have back pain. I have a little stiffness in my in my spine. Do you think do things other than Pilates, like contrast therapy or anything, to help with your? I don't do anything about Pilates, and I yeah, I don't do anything but Pilates, and um. But she's also amazing at Pilates. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been, I'm a master Pilates instructor. I've been doing it for thirty years, and I actually train teachers. To yeah. be Pilates instructors. I, I've watched her go, it's real easy. And she does this extra thing and her body goes over the rail. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think I could do that. <laughs> yeah, but you can if you if you if you work on it. I do work with I do have a studio here in town. I do work with a lot of writers and um uh, you know, help them stay out of pain. People with scoliosis, people with back pain. I can usually get people out of back pain in about four sessions. Oh, nice. Because I just teach it's like you got this muscle here. You see this muscle? It's really tight. If we learn to lengthen it, your back pain goes away. It's it's pretty, pretty simple. But um, I just love uh, the relationship. Again, 
I want to. I want. I don't want to go run. I don't want to do work out of the gym. Mm. It's too much. Mm-hmm. I want to do something that's specific for my riding, so I get better with my riding. Yeah, because right. I've watched uh, guys that were bodybuilders come into our studio <laughs> and be crying in less than five minutes <laughs> because we get rid of all what's called the mobilizing muscles and we get into the stabilizers, and that's why a dancer looks different from a football player. Mm-hmm. Okay, football player is fit. Dancer is fit, but they, they're two different fitnesses. So riders need more. We don't need to look like and move like football players to ride. I know. I, I do that naturally. <laughs> <laughs> look like a football player riding. Sorry, I'm just going. But Come we, from Warriors. So we really are more like, uh, more like dancers. And the, the, I always say, when I was learning how to dance, learning how to ride is much harder than learning how to become a dancer because when you're... When you're learning how to dance, the floor doesn't move, <laughs> right? When you're learning how to ride and the floor is moving, and now you're just kind of, you don't know, but you're bracing and gripping in different places just to, just to hang on. That becomes a muscle um, uh, thought process pattern in your body. And now you get stiffer and stiffer. And now you, you know, ride the canner and all of a sudden you're, you know, your butt's coming out of the saddle and you're compacting that horse and you're, you know, you're hitting your spine. And then you start to learn, oh, if I just learn to open and close my hips, now you ride the canter and your rear end stays in sync with the horses and you learn how to open and close your hips and you learn how to carry yourself. And by doing so, you usually get out of pain. Wow. Great. So riding is the act of movement, not sitting there. Thank you. (laughs) Well, thanks again for our sponsors. And thanks again for Janice Dulac for being here to talk to I us look about blood. I forward to seeing her in the future. I've got oh. like sleeping booty syndrome going on. And so I'm <laughs> like, um, yeah, that'd be great if I could actually engage my glutes and not ease my back. Good. Thanks so, again for Maria. Yeah, call Jen. And whether you're in Ocala, Ocala, Marion County or not, happy horse and round till the same time next week. See you later.